G'day humans, what's good work? Chris Fundy here for a rare solo edition during this holiday season of Wrestling All Style. Talking the rap. It might be a bit of a shorter edition because by God am I tired. Uh, Alex is enjoying a, uh, a quiet week off as it were. <laughs> no news this week. Uh, he's uh, enjoying a bit of festive cheer. Full disclosure, I'm recording this at 10pm on Wednesday the 28th. Uh, for Alex, that'd be 11pm, so he's probably sleeping right now as uh, this is uh, going on tape. But uh, yeah, we're having, we're having a bit of a quieter one. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Alex has been doing anything on the uh, Smackdown podcast, but you can go catch uh, the Sid podcast wherever you find your podcast. Uh, link in the show notes below. Uh, but yes, uh, rare solo edition this week. I'll be honest, uh, with a lot of work, I haven't really caught much raw um of note from the past couple of weeks because i will touch on our uh, winter is coming and um and the uh holiday bash episodes of uh dynamite at least uh so i'm just having a quick look over things here for uh for raw on the uh 12th and there's nothing really that jumps out to me here other than uh we see Alexa Bliss defeat Bailey to become number one Raw Women's, uh, sorry, number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, that's something, at least. <laughs> I I thought they were going to go more in this Bailey direction with damage control, but it still seems the main roster isn't fully behind damage control to a degree. I, I don't know what's going on there. Um. It should be noted that our good brother, Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, is going back to New Japan for the uh, Tokyo Dome show, so he'll be making his way over. As I saw on our socials just before I jumped on air, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura has touched down Japan and is expected at a uh, Pro Wrestling Noah press conference uh, sometime over the next couple of days to address the media before his match with... Um, I believe his match is with... Uh, Great Muda. Yes, yes, I believe that's that's the one. Uh, looking over to SmackDown on the uh, 16th here. Oh, uh, we saw Damage Control, Dakota, and EO, along with Bailey Ringside, retain their ch women's tag team championship against the team of Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. I mean. This women's tag division, <laughs> it needs something, and what it needs is toxic attraction, but without Mandy, I don't know where you go from there. Gunther had a good uh, title defense against Ricochet, and uh, yeah, number one contenders match for the Raw and SmackDown tag team champs where Hit Row become new tag team number one contenders. I mean, yeah, it's... A, it's a fine episode. Uh, we go over to uh, Raw from the 19th. I'm not going to talk this week's Raw. I'll probably talk about the next week. Coming to you from Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, isn't that where uh, Seth Rollins comes from? I think so. But uh, just having a quick look through my notes here. Is there anything of note? We saw Rhea Ripley defeat Akira Tozawa. So, uh, much like Alex said, uh, they're putting Rhea in this China role. It does seem to be the case as she's... 
having a uh, sanctioned match here against Akira Tozawa, a uh, male competitor. So, um, yeah, that's a thing they're doing with Rhea. I mean, it's to me, it's a lot better than uh, what she was doing last year, which was floundering after losing to Charlotte. Uh, we see the OC defeat Alpha Academy. I mean, yeah, that's fine. That's something. Oh, yeah, the ladder, mass, ladder match. So we see Dexter Loomis versus The Miz. And, you know, Dexter is winning. And in comes... Well, that's gotta be Jonah. Yeah, so returning Bronson Reed to WWE. And... Man, I love me some Bronson. Alex has talked up how much he loves Bronson. We're very patriotic. We both thought... You know, Jonah going back to the Indies, doing stuff for uh, Impact in the States, uh, New Japan Strong in the United States, doing stuff for New Japan in Japan for the Aussie Indies. Uh, like, he was on the first Renegades of Wrestling show that came out of Melbourne and a few other Aussie Indies. We thought, oh yeah, Jonah's probably going to stick with New Japan. And he beats Okada. We're like, I'm thinking to myself, nobody beats Okada. And they don't have long-term plans for that person. But, uh, no, Jonah going back to, uh, to WWE. And, look, all credit to the guy if he's doing what's best for him and his family. And, you know, it might have been his dream saying, I want to be a WWE wrestler. I don't want to wrestle for WCW, which is now sort of the spiritual successor that is, in a lot of ways, AEW. I don't want to wrestle in Japan. I want to wrestle in the United States. Fair enough, but... All these WWE returns this year, it has now gone to the point, and I feel so bad for Bronson, it has gone to a point of a pin dropping in the arena. And I'm not in the habit of watching Raw live, but I have Foxtel so I can uh, load it up and uh, start the show over and fast forward to the, the point where uh, Bronson makes his appearance. Yes, Bronson Reed. Jonah, uh, and the crowd is sitting on their hands, and it, it it's puzzling to me as somebody who has seen this guy wrestle live, who has seen how talented he is for a big man, how much he is like a Bam Bam Bigelow, and they've put him... <laughs> they have put him with The Miz, and he's in the Alex Riley position. It's like, this guy was in New Japan and he had his own underling in Bad Dude Tito. And now he is the Bad Dude Tito to the Miz. He is the dude, Alex Riley to the Miz. And it's just like, come on, guys. I guess this is going to pay off in the long run where Jonah will get pissed off at the Miz and they'll force a singles match. But it, it just, it's puzzling and it's just like, how many more returns are we going to see in the first 12 months of this new regime? And the main thing is, a lot of the blame for all these firings was falling on Nick Khan. You'd hear, oh, Nick Khan's just cutting people. It doesn't matter if developmental's got plans for him or there's hopes for him coming up to the main roster. He's, he's just told to been cut costs, you know, save money for the company. And <laughs> who's like... 
co what is it co-president co-ceo with stephanie is still nick khan he's still in a very big position of power in that company yeah uh looking at smackdown here from the uh the 16th so all these are uh, sorry the aired on the 23rd taped on the 16th coming to you from chicago illinois saw the uzos jimmy and jay retain their unified raw smackdown wwe tag team championships against hit row i mean that was fine enough and happened a match on here with Rey mysterio and angel that goes less than five minutes i mean come on like we could have cut off this braun Strowman and ricochet against imperium 34th street uh strip yeah miracle on 34th street tag fight thing like this did not need to happen Rey mysterio is that mexican legend that lucha libre legend and angel garda Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, now known as Angel and Humberto Los Leferios, I still think is their uh, current tag team name. It's like, give them 15 minutes to shine in a main event against Rey Mysterio. Give Angel that, you know, featured profile as this is a Latin American star, this is a, a Mexican star we want to build up. For that next generation once Ray retires. If the whole Dominic Mysterio thing doesn't work out. Because let's be real. Dominic is a larger guy. He does not really wrestle to the strengths of a Lucha Libre. At least not currently in the Judgment Day. He wrestles more to... I guess he, the best way to describe it. He'd sort of wrestle more similar to Punishment Martinez at the moment but yeah yeah that's just my two cents on it and we saw a women's number one contendership gauntlet match that was just nothing going on for a whole heap and then Raquel Rodriguez just runs through a bunch of people I mean yeah fine whatever I mean there were shows this week I'll probably uh touch on them next week um okay uh winter is coming uh from AEW as we flip over the cards here uh, so match number four in the best of seven series where Puck, Pentel, Zeromedo and Ray Phoenix and Death Triangle get the victory here moving 3-1 up on the Elite going into uh, Holiday Bash for their fifth match. Um, we saw Jack Perry defeating Brian Cage, the House of Black making quick work of the factory, which was just a nothing match. Uh, Ruby Soho defeats Tay Mello and it sort of sets up with uh, Anna Jay running in for a following tag team match coming up, which will get set up in the following week when Ruby announces her tag team partner is Willow. Wait, wait, I've got that wrong on my notes here. Oh, Willow Nightingale. <laughs> we saw Chris Jericho go <laughs> over nine minutes against Action Andretti. And Action Andretti here gets the win. And in your main event for the uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring and MJF's World Championship, uh, MJF defeats Ricky Starks after 15 minutes when MJF kicks Ricky Starks in the balls behind the ref's back. I mean, much like Alex alluded to on the um, 
the previous show when we weren't talking all about the uh, the news. I think it's episode two hundred four, uh, touching on how he believes this is the start of like a generational rivalry. Uh, so we could sort of see this being like a an Austin and Rock with your Ricky Stark sort of positioned in a Rock position and your MJF sort of positioned in an Austin position uh, going forward within this company. Rampage, dear God, Rampage has definitely fallen from where it was 12 months ago. Um, Moxley defeats Sammy in the opener. I mean, yeah, that's fine. We see Britt defeats Sky Blue in, like, five minutes. Wardlow defeats some new guy. I mean, sure, whatever, Wardlow. And an eight-man tag team match of Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy and Dustin Rhodes with Dan Housen defeating the team of Kip Sabian, The Butcher and the Blade and Trent Seven. Um, this was a fine main event, you know. It's it's nothing nothing um must see, but you know, it was fine. Like uh Mark Henry's doing the uh the split screen interview at the start of the um before both teams walk out and it's like all uh, Trent Seven, Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade are all talking. And then um, Dustin goes, Hey, Mark, don't we get a chance to talk? And then like Chuck Taylor says something stupid and Dustin just rolls his eyes and goes, Yeah, okay, Mark, I think we're ready. <laughs> so that was a little bit little bit of a fun comedy there for the audience watching at home. Uh, we go over to uh, Dynamite on the 21st. This is the Holiday Bash Edition. Kicking things off was the uh, no disqualification uh, trios match, which is match, uh, if I'm getting this right in my notes, match five of the best of seven series that sees the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson pick up the victory over Death Triangle. At one stage, uh, Kenny pulled out a barbed wire broom from under the ring. Fans of his uh, New Japan days will... Uh, Sort of be familiar with that. I suppose even maybe his DDT days. <laughs> we saw a non-title match where Hook made very quick work of Exodus Prime after Warlow beat the stuffing out of Exodus on uh, Rampage the previous Friday. John Moxley defeats Darius Martin. Uh, a tag team match in the co-main event that sees the Guns, Austin Gunn and Carlton Gunn defeat FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood when one of the Guns are uh, I believed it was they grabbed the rope here for leverage on the pinfall. And in your main event, hell of a main event here as the uh, women get to main event uh, Dynamite episode here in San Antonio, Texas. We see Jamie Hayter, the AEW Women's World Champion, defending against Hikaru Shida. Goes 16-16, but Jamie uh, too strong there for Hikaru retaining her title. Which uh, brings things into uh, Rampage coming to you at the same arena on the tape delay from the 23rd of the 12th. Oh boy, we kick things off with a $300,000 Free Kings Christmas Casino Trios Battle Royale match. I mean, look, I don't hate having a, uh, a gimmick battle royale or a tr- 
like a trios battle royale. They've done tag team battle royals in the past. I explained, oh, if one team is eliminated, then then um, if one member is eliminated, but other members of the team are in, that team is still in. All members of the team need to be eliminated for that team to be eliminated. Um, yeah, it it was fine. I don't get why the winning team gets a cash prize, why they didn't get, like, number one contendership to the, the team that wins this best of seven series. And I don't get why you're putting Claudio in this match and Willa Yuta, who are two, two of supposedly your top champions from Ring of Honor. You've got Orange Cassidy in this match, who's supposed to be All-Atlantic champion. Yeah, it... It's fine. You have a team in here who I'd never heard of before unless you were watching Dark and Elevation or listening to the Spanish commentary team because it is called the Spanish Announce Project. That's right. Wrestlers on Spanish commentary took off their headset to enter this battle royal of Angelico, Lufa, and Serpentico. Along with that, the team of Ari Davari who's not with the Trustbusters anymore or whatever team it was at the start of this uh, trios tournament a few months ago. He's now teaming with Mark Sterling's Varsity Athletes. That's right, Josh Woods and Tony Nice. Since when did Davari lose his guys? Like, his guys were the 8th place trios team in the whole company going into that AEW trios tournament. Like, who is it? It's Davari, Parker Bordeaux, and Slim J. Where is Parker Bordeaux now? He's still in AEW. What about Slim J? I mean, okay, so he hasn't... Oh, no, he's still... Yeah, the Trustbusters are still a thing. Ari Davari, Slim J, Sunny Kiss... Jeeves K and Park Bordeaux. Okay, so yeah, I'm not really too sure what the what the whole go is uh, there with uh, Ari Davari and the Varsity F. Because this is one of the things that AEW does. Like, yes, they cycle in and out people, but occasionally you get a thing. And this time of year, anyone who's working doesn't have time for dark and dark elevation. They don't. They've got other shit on, or they've got family stuff on, or they're doing Christmas shopping and food cooking and stuff. And all of a sudden, it's just like, who are these two new trios teams? Yeah. Uh, AR Fox and Top Flight here getting the win. Dante Martin and Darius Martin. So, I mean, good for them. I'm sure they won't get a trios title shot coming out of this. We see Jay Cargill extend her record as she defeats... Vit Vixen, who I hadn't heard of before. And in your uh, Rampage main event here that sees the team of Triple J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. Yes, that's what commentary is calling them now. Along with Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt ringside. Defeat Anthony Bowens and Billy Gunn because Max Caster wasn't cleared to wrestle after the guitar shot uh, earlier in the past two weeks. I can't remember which week it was. Uh, when it went to air. So, yeah, I mean, past two weeks of Raw, ex uh, sorry, WWE for me, extremely forgettable. Not a lot of um, 
good stuff there to take out. Dynamite is really good. Rampage is very miss, especially when it's um when it's um like either a bad week or just a bunch of stuff going on at once. So yeah. Uh, not really too much else to uh, touch on this week, but I do want to touch on quickly uh, New Japan because we saw the final match of Suzuki-gun, which took place on the 23rd of the 12th. So this is the same night, um, same date, sorry, as the SmackDown and the Rampage that I just talked about from the second week of uh, TVs there. This being New Japan Pro Wrestling Road to Tokyo Dome 2022 Night 2. Coming to you from the Korokan Hall. So nothing really of note to me on the undercard here. I mean, we did see the return of Tenkoji, Hiroshi Tanzan and Satoshi Kojima. However, they lost to Bushimon, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. I mean... I understand you need to make uh, Goto and Yoshihashi look good going into Tokyo Dome. But you're telling me you couldn't have fed, <laughs> fed like these guys up against Young Lions or anyone else on the card? <laughs> Come on, they're like New Japan legends. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, and just having a quick look for the, uh, the rest of the card here. Nothing really of note stands out to me until we get to the main event, which is, I think, for a lot of people, the thing they were waiting for. Myself especially, I I watched this live in the Japanese commentary, and then I waited a few days just to watch this match back um, once the English was on New Japan World with uh, Kevin Kelly and Gino this time. I believe Chris was uh, taking time off for the holiday, so we see the eight-man tag team match farewell of Suzuki-gun. So we see the team of Suzuki-gun, El Desperado, Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki, and Taka Mishinoku in one corner, taking on the team of Suzuki-gun, Doki, Taichi, Yoshinobu Katamaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. And this was a really good match. If you haven't seen it before... I, I highly recommend going and checking out this match. It is on New Japan World. It is in Japanese and it is in English. It is from the 23rd of the 12th. Uh, it's called Road to Tokyo Dome Night 2. Uh, so, yeah. And, like, there's a lot of little hidden stuff in here. A lot of different tag team partners facing off. But I just want to sort of touch on the closing stages here. And, like, Suzuki's gone around... He's hitting everyone, regardless of if they're in his corner tagging with him or on the opposite corner tagging against him. So he's just hitting all of his team members. And then he's sort of begging Taichi to lay him out. And Taichi's sort of conflicted. And he looks over the corner and he sees this iron fingers of Iska that he brought to the ring with him. And he picks him up. And he chops Suzuki. And Suzuki goes down. And he's still got a bit of fight in him. And then Zack picks him up. And Zack lays him out. And Zack Sabre Jr. 1, 2, 3. 
pins Minoru Suzuki after shouting, Thank you, Suzuki, before he pins him. Oh, this was a really good match. Uh, I love the post-match here. Everyone got a chance to speak. Even Doki. <laughs> Doki gets to cut a main event celebratory promo. So everyone has a turn on the mic. They're all sort of talking up Suzuki. Archer says half his career's been spent in Suzuki-gun. <laughs> Which to me is shocking. You have the two the two uh, founding members in Taichi and Taka. Um, so all the promos were in Japanese. And without Chris there, there's not that level of great translation. There's like a few words translated by uh, Kevin and Gino. Uh, yeah, so... And then sort of the last one to speak, Suzuki. And they sort of pose in the ring. And then all of a sudden you hear this... The music cuts and the house lights go on and it's this familiar music and you can't quite place which Suzuki-gun member it is. And then the camera cuts and it's Iska walking through the crowd. The, the madman is back and he gets ringside. Katamaru is grabbing his chain. He goes into the ring. He's sort of holding him as the nine members of Suzuki-gun pose. And then he sort of Gets away from Katamaru, rolls out to the corner, sees Taichi has the still fingers in the corner, takes them, puts them on, and walks backstage as the rest of Suzuki Gun leave the ring to Suzuki. Suzuki folds up the Suzuki Gun flag one last time, tucks it in the side of his trunks, and walks backstage. And that is the end of Suzuki Gun in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The end of an era. It is over. After 11 long years. And, oh, I remember watching New Year's Dash when um, Suzuki-gun returned and just thinking, by God, what the hell is this? Yeah, so I remember watching <laughs> the New Year's Dash in 2017 when they returned. <laughs> and they attacked Chaos and it's just like, what the hell? At that time, it was Killer Elite Squad, so you had the uh, the son of the British Bulldog in the faction at the time. And, oh. Oh, man, it's just, it's just, yeah. Sad to see the end of an era. The end of an era in New Japan. Another, another, like, one of those big factions when I first got into New Japan, like, ten years ago. Uh, yeah, about ten years ago now. Wow. Wow, that is showing my age. Um, it's sort of gone. You have the factions left now. A Bullet Club, Chaos, Los Ingobernables de Japón. You've got United Empire. I guess then you've got the uh, the sort of floater tag teams of Great Bash Heels and Tenkozy. You've got in New Japan Strong Team Filthy. You've got... I guess Gorillas of Destiny, which is sort of like Jado and the three uh, uh, relatives of Haku. And then you've got um, the Mighty Don't Kneel, which is, I believe it's just uh, the two tag team members now that, um, now that uh, um, Jonah's gone back to the States. 
So yeah, yeah, it is interesting to see what will happen now that Suzuki Gun's over. Now, where do all the members go? Like, do Dangerous Techers stay as a team? Do Desperado and Katamaru stay as a team? Does Desperado uh, stick with Doki as a team? Because they have teamed before in uh, Super Juniors. They're not the main tag team from Suzuki Gun, mind you, but they were a uh, pretty prominent tag team. So just looking at the members here, you have Taichi, who's a heavyweight. You have Tucker, who's a junior heavyweight. You have Lance Archer, who's probably going to go back over to um, AEW. You have, as I'm just looking through the list here, uh, Iska. Iska's retired. He just made a, a cameo appearance there at the, uh, the post-match. Desperado. Desperado is an interesting one because he is in that four-way junior... Uh, yeah, junior heavyweight match at Wrestle Kingdom. But then what faction do you put him in? Because you, you can't really put him in LIJ because they have Bushi and they've just uh, also got Teton now from CMLL. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Despy goes. I mean, Katamaru... Do you switch Katamaru's character to more of a comedy character and put him in uh, what's left of uh, Taguchi Japan? Because I don't think there's much left of Taguchi Japan as it is. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it is interesting to see uh, what is uh, is going to happen there. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Guy should be challenging for the world title. He, he should be. He's that good. And Doki... Doki... This is the thing about Doki. And I love me some Doki Choki, but... Do you... Put Doki and Despy together and have them just sort of stick as a tag team in the junior ranks? Or do you split those two guys off? Because... It's sort of the thing of, oh, they're the two mass wrestlers from Suzuki-gun who sort of look the same. Yeah, it is a bit bit strange, but uh, give me one moment here. I just want to see if I can pull up the uh, Taguchi Japan faction, if that's even still a, a thing. So I'm just trying to have a look at uh, old Taguchi Japan, but I don't even know if... <laughs> I don't even know if that's still a thing because it's been a fair while since uh, Taguchi Japan like really made an impact. Okay, so Taguchi Japan is still listed as David Finley, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Ryusuke Taguchi. So you've got just those three three wrestlers left. Jeez, bit of a stutter there. Like. You don't have... I'm just trying to have a look who... Juice. Juice left to go join Bullet Club. I mean, wow. Okay. And Kashida's come back. I mean... Kashida's, what, a freelance? Like, not aligned to anyone as far as I know? 
in terms of the uh, the New Japan um, unit system that they use, where they have uh, everyone sort of be aligned with um, at least a faction. The sad thing about um, Kushida coming back, uh, yeah, Kushida's now aligned with uh, the main unit. So it's like just the, the main guys who don't really have any uh, underlying factions other than to New Japan itself. It's it's sad to see Kushida come back. The guy left New Japan to get out of the junior division. He went to WWE. He did nothing in WWE. Let's be real. I don't even think the guy was Cruiserweight champ, was he? Or was he like for a cup of coffee? Uh, da, 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 da. Just trying to have a quick look. When the hell was he Cruiserweight champ? Apparently he was. Okay, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Uh, interim champ was crowned. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Oh, he held him for 160 days. Okay. There you go. I completely forgot about Kushida's NXT Cruiserweight title reign. And I have a Cruiserweight title. Mind you, WWE Cruiserweight title with Buddy Murphy side plates behind me. As part of the office. Yeah, it is going to be a very, very interesting um, Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be very interesting... Um, New Year's Dash this year because they have announced uh, all matches are going to be a mystery. So I don't even think they're running it down at the start of the show. I think they're just going to be like, yep, we'll just uh, go out there and just leave it all go <laughs> from the beginning. Uh, so who the hell... I'm just having a quick look here before I sign off... Uh, Who's in Gorilla's Destiny? It is Tamatonga, Tonga Loa, Hikalelu, and Jado. I mean... I don't even know if you'd bother putting anyone from... from the former Suzuki-gun in there. With Tama... and his two... two family in there, you've sort of got yourself a... a a leader and your two tag teams after that, yeah. But I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out and um, where everyone goes from there. I was just having a think the other day, like I'll probably watch the New Japan Tamashi shows, maybe touch on them next week, but the one guy who I think, and this is all, uh, without notice and New Japan uh, because I don't know who they're like um, what's the word I'm looking for feeder company I guess for lack of a better word in New Zealand is but if you were going to go after anyone in New Zealand I'd be looking at Jamie Tugger Tedesse uh, who's like the current champion in SPW and IPW, the two sort of bigger promotions across New Zealand. Like, 
he is he's somebody who would be good to replace in that Jonah role, especially if you are looking at setting up New Japan Tamashi as its own um, property. That um, the velocities we've mentioned before from PWA, a number of the women from across Australia, because we have a wealth of women's talent in this country, namely Jessica Troy. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot of people you could uh, build a good, I guess, national trans-Tasman, I guess, trans-Tasman to a degree uh, promotion around. Trans-Tasman being across Australia and New Zealand. But I suppose I have rambled on along enough for a, uh, for a week here. Um, so I'm just looking at my calendar. Uh, this will be out probably uh, tomorrow morning on the uh, 29th as I'm looking. Following that, uh, I'll probably do a show hopefully on the 3rd, which is just before Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th, which is next week as you're listening to this. Uh, if you're listening to this <laughs> um, on the week it gets released. And then after that will be uh, Alex's return on the around the 10th we'll be discussing uh wrestle kingdom and then uh a few more light weeks until uh the rumble and then uh then the wazzies uh yes yes uh get your uh votes in i mean you can tag us on uh was it uh twitter at wrestle with an aus as alex likes to say uh yes you can find all the uh socials in the show notes uh or you can go back listen to the Wrestling I'll Start archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found in the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and I'll uh, speak to you next week. they really need to bring in for New Japan Tamashi? You know, Wagga Wagga's a, a bit of a country town. You know what else was a country town that pr- produced an Australian sporting legend? Borrell. That's right. I'm saying because Borrell is a country town, we need to bring in 
AWF's The Captain to Wagga Wagga for New Japan's Tamashi Oceania Cup. Any takers? 